You gotta roll your windows down. down. You gotta rock your socks. socks. You gotta roll Roll your soul. soul. Cause the vocal cord. You gotta lose Lose control. control. (laughs) Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, joy. Let's rock. It makes me wanna fight. Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have it? Baby's gotta do. Welcome to Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the slime-filled past. I am your Gactastic co-host, Brett. I am your slime-tastic host, Alex. And Brett... Yes? <laughs> that was... A lot of stuff we did in 13 episodes. Yeah, can you believe we're already here for a season one wrap up? Like the six, these past six months when we first started in August. Six months? God. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. It really does not seem like it's been six months. Mm -mm. I mean, you and I have both personally had a, a lot of changes in six months. And the only one of the things that's remained consistent. (laughs) <laughs> it's been the podcast for us. Yep. And even th- even though it was consistent, even that went through a lot of changes in just its first season. Uh, if you look or listen to the first episode, and then you look and listen to our last episode, it's vastly different. Yeah, it's practically like night and day. We sound a, a lot stiffer, uh, you know, just kind of making stuff up on the fly. Uh, we didn't have a YouTube channel back then. So there's there's a lot that's been going on. But as anything in life, we just naturally grow and unfold our petals as we reach towards the sky to greatness. Um, yeah, 13 episodes. What can I say about them? <laughs> Um, I, I'm sure our listeners are very happy that we're doing this just in case they haven't had a chance to, uh, take a gander at all of the episodes that we've done so far. Um, you know, we started off with the Nicktoons 30th anniversary, uh, way back in August as our premiere episode and hit the ground running. Then we followed up with another anniversary of what would you do? Because they just happened to be like very close together that month. So many, so many anniversaries this we season. Got, we got four done. That's unheard of. What what mm. what is so special about the year 1991 that everyone's like, and you get an anniversary, and you get an anniversary. Look under your chairs. There's an anniversary. And now for the upcoming season two, even more anniversaries. And, yeah. and it's 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 not like just one of those odd. You know, it's a 27th anniversary. No, it's a milestone anniversary. Like most of them are 30 years, which is ridiculous. Really big deal. Yeah. I don't know if we should spoil any coming up or not here. No, no, no. We'll, <laughs> we'll just advertise. Yeah, hey, we there's got a some, few more. There's more anniversaries coming up in season two. So stick around. Yeah, that'll be exciting for sure. Well, do you want to just jump into some of our favorite moments from the past 13 episodes uh, yes. that some of our listeners may remember? Let's do it. Cool. Um, well, off the bat, you know, whenever I go back to listen to some episodes, whether for business or pleasure, one, one moment that always comes to mind is that moment where we were talking about, um, the beat songs from the Nicktoons 30th anniversary in episode one. And we are just like, yeah, imagine like driving down the highway, shout, you know, singing, <laughs> shout your lungs out outside the window 
in like someone's face across from you in another car. I and, was uh, thinking of that episode <laughs> of, because I did that. Uh, I, I was on my way home from work. Life goal checked. <laughs> and uh, I remembered, because uh, I normally just play rock and roll and that's pretty much all I play. Yeah. But uh, I was in a Nickelodeon mood and over on Spotify, they there is a cover band who did all the songs from uh, Doug and mm-hmm. I started playing Shout Your Lungs Out and it was a beautiful fall afternoon i had the windows down and i cranked it got stuck in a stoplight and i was in there belting shout your lungs out and then you gotta roll your windows down down. you gotta rock your socks you gotta roll your soul soul. because the vocal cord you gotta lose Lose control control. yeah that's for anyone who didn't tune into episode one (laughs) and i got a, a very confused look from the driver next to me and i i didn't care good that means you did it right but i was (laughs) i was thinking (laughs) this is exactly what we were talking about in our first episode yeah it was it's one of my favorite memories and that that's what makes the episode special in my heart um i also want to hint maybe tease for our listeners who are excited for season two coming up that we are going to do a topic that was briefly mentioned from episode one uh, moving right along with some of my other favorite moments was when we had that whole impersonating face thing going on in uh, episode four. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> uh, that that would make me laugh so much. Uh, it's you you know my my intense dislike for face. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> even when yeah, you're mocking the- him, I found it hilarious and and i'm the only one apparently because we had put on our our instagram as anybody side with alex no i am the only one but that's okay but i do really get some uh, get a kick out of impersonating him as well i will find myself occasionally still doing that laugh and then i cringe when i do it but i will <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're spot on with it you could be the new face if you want to hire you now imagine that like a twist of fate the guy who hates face becomes face in the year 2020 or die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain oh, i hear that man i think we're on our way to villainhood <laughs> uh yeah um also, I also thought about uh, playing some organ music and talking about Dr. Dreadful with Jordy back in season six when we did the Halloween episodes. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Like that was where we were starting to like stretch out our creative muscles and, you know, have some fun with like the tail ends of the episode format and, you know, really get into the spirit of Halloween. And, you know, Dr. Dreadful commercials, one of my favorite ones watching uh, growing up. And I always wanted to try, you know, those those flavor packets that made like the the gummy worms or like the brain goos that would uh you know ooze out of the whatever contraption it was then and it was just a fun time to to reminisce with him over all those different commercials that i'm sure many of you listeners enjoyed as well that was a that was a really fun episode and and it was not entirely dedicated to nickelodeon it was nice to spread out a little bit and Mm -hmm. um enjoy just nostalgia 90s nostalgia in general and i really enjoy doing that i'd like to do more of that uh as much as we love nickelodeon and we we stake in that wheelhouse a lot for good reason right it's it's nice to break the mold and and get out of nickelodeon for a minute enjoy other things that the 90s had to uh offer and then 
dive back into Nickelodeon. And and Jordy was great fun and very very much like minded like the two of us. So it was yeah it was great having him. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's good that we can stretch out our our feelers for other areas of the of the '90s nostalgia verse because you know of course we're both very passionate about it, but it's, we're also passionate about other things too. And we want to make yes. sure we give them due attention. So we'll definitely be, um, you know, continuing that theme uh, at least once a season, I'd say bare minimum. We'll do it a couple of times, whether yeah. it's like, you know, bonus episodes or like special topics here and there. Um, we're actually going to do something uh, a couple episodes down the road in season two. Uh, that's t- kind of technically out of, the realm of Nickelodeon, but it's still 90s nostalgia. So, you know, if, if you guys are a big fan as I am about this upcoming topic, you're going to, you're going to love it because uh, a few people I reached out to help us with this particular topic in preparation for it were, got really excited as soon as I mentioned it. So it it's going to be a big undertaking, kind of like episode eight was, but I know we can handle it. I really enjoyed hearing about the, the stories behind how the Tale of the Dark music was filmed from the Are You Afraid of the Dark cast and crew members in our episode 730th anniversary reunion, because, you know, for those though, those of you who don't know and have, you know, listened to some of my previous guest spots on other podcasts uh, in the 90s Nostalgiaverse, I am a big fan of the Tale of the Dark music because um, that is one tale from Are You Afraid of the Dark, I believe that pushes the envelope as far as it can go to test what is truly capable of being scary, but also safe for, you know, kids who tune into it at the time. That and like Dead Man's Float, because you get the, you get the raw imagery of all those scary things, but also, you know, even if it doesn't end quite well at the end, or, you know, it gets your gears turning in your head of what could happen next, it's still, it's still a fun, enjoyable show that provides the safety of the Midnight Society uh, members around the campfire at the end of it, no matter how bad it gets. That whole episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. I say that with every single one of these, because they were. They all were a lot of fun, but they were they all were. fun for different reasons. Exactly. And, uh, I, I will touch more on to the, my, my impressions of the Are You Fear of the Dark episode in a minute. So sure. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tie up on yours just yet, but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, in episode eight, uh, <laughs> I did. We, we the, the thing about episode eight is that we recorded it twice. I forgot why exactly we recorded it twice. There was something weird with like the Zoom recording that we couldn't get down. Um, but when we did the second time, we did it like midnight or 1 a.m. And we it, was, were all it was very late by then. And we were very, just like, yeah, you know what? This is a lot of episodes to get through we're probably never going to do a top 20 again but you know what let's just pull out all the stops and do what we can and we said a lot of uh inappropriate things then including and uh, we also initially had this plant slated to be a bonus episode yeah so it wasn't going to go into our, our normal uh set list right so anybody who wanted to come to it and they could experience a little more adult humor that's fine and then it just got to a point where we weren't able to take the time to make some external source to be able to add bonus episodes so then we just said okay fine screw it let's just put it with the rest of ours and uh proceed It it was still pretty popular though like among the rankings of our different episodes that were listened to um which is a relief because i thought as soon as i said like or 
or like drowning kittens or you know anything you want to bleep here that we would just lose our entire <laughs> fan base because we threw the family friendly rating right out the window <laughs> oh and don't forget the schneider drinking game too can't forget that schneider. the only time schneider was able to provide any laughter post 2012 i had no idea it was the 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 fat guy from Keenan and Kel. Like I never put a name to the face, but um, yeah. When did, I, when did you realize that? When I started watching uh, the Keenan Kel special for Thanksgiving, uh, as really past Thanksgiving, yeah. I was so like, you huh. you didn't. I mean, you you knew the name. I always <laughs> thought Dan Snyder was Kevin Coppola until I realized that um, <laughs> Kevin wasn't figured out. So that didn't that didn't line up. But I just imagined him as like a tall, skinny, white, bald guy. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was the manager at Good Burger. Yeah, well, it all makes sense now. Okay, getting back to Thanksgiving, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed having Joey Album on our episode <laughs> because I looked up to him as an animation uh, legend. Uh, I, I really enjoyed just hearing his commentary on his involvement with Nick's Thanksgiving Fest as well as yes. the Do Up Dinosaurs and seeing his cool towel based on his uh, designs. So I. I I mean, I don't know what else we can have him talk about with us, but it'd be great to have him back for something. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just have just share some stories. Doesn't even yeah. have to be there. There's about in all the people that I've had the great opportunity to have uh, interviews with, both here and on uh, True Nineties Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. There's a I'd love to talk with all of them again, but there's about three or four who I could just listen to anything they have to share nickelodeon or not uh joey album being one of them Fillmore, Fillmore being one of them definitely and uh david sedoni being mm. another one I, I could just listen to them share stories Fillmore and david sedoni you get the two of them together I, i'm i'm afraid to see what's going to happen the universe but, will divide by zero <laughs> but but joey is a whole different uh, style and personality from the other two. It's very calm, yeah. and uh, it, it feels like somebody you'd want to go to a coffee shop with and just yeah. have a conversation. Whereas the other two, you'd want to go to a club, right? And just they would no, be doing stand up. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, I'd, I'd love to just talk with them some more. Robin Ross is another one that I could oh, just yes. talk to. Forever. Oh, I, I loved having her on, uh, Robin. If you're listening, I'm I'm sorry about that blooper. Um, you know the one. <laughs> But I, I really enjoyed having you and Crystal Ben on our show, and we really need to make it a point to have at least another 15 and Welcome Freshman episode on at some point. I do know, this isn't in the works, but Chris Christopher Loban did say that he would love to get more of the cast members together yes. and do kind of a reunion episode. And he he told me that Please. from from an exclusive perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which would be fine for an exclusive, but you're only limited to three, yeah. uh, three guests. Uh, so here the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he he came to me with that idea, so that might be something that we'll be able to do yeah. later. Definitely, um, I do have. I mean, I haven't talked to them in a while, but I did have a little um, connection with Rick Galloway, who played Walter, and Arian Ash, who played Aaron. Um, they saw my Welcome Freshman art that I posted on Instagram a while back, and they immediately jumped for joy upon seeing that. <laughs> People still remember our show. So, you know. <laughs> yes, we do. We're here. Whatever they're doing in life now, I'm sure they're doing really well. But if um, if we can get the opportunity to get more Welcome Freshmen and more 15 cast members on the show and have some more fun topics relative to their shows that from the nineties Nickelodeon um, gamut. That'd be, that'd be wonderful. Yes. 
Um, oh, yeah, I had this this on my list too. How could I forget this moment from episode ten? The moment that like skyrocketed above all the other episodes in terms of uh, I don't know shock value or like <laughs> whoa that that happened. I gotta go see that now. Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to talk more about the episode and the moment I'm referring to, Alex? Okay, this is probably the next to the Are You Afraid of the Dark? The moment that drew a lot of our listeners to go to our YouTube to see what took place, uh, because we got to speak with Brienne, the mm-hmm. grand prize winner of the '94, '93, '94, '94. Nick takes over your school, and she was telling us that she was on. What are the video games? Uh, there was a director's lab, which video game is, is very loose uh, terminology there, but she was able to be, uh, they used her likeness in, in the game. And I did a little research and found a playthrough on YouTube and we had shared the screen and we saw, we saw her. She, we we're all excited. Oh yeah, there she is. This is so cool. She's in the game. That's awesome. And then it got dark real quick. <laughs> and then whoever was playing this game clicked on another uh, thumbnail on, on the game. And it was some mechanical contraption where uh, I'm assuming hydraulics were pushing yeah. two pieces of machinery together to squirt out slime uh just and and that's it to say it it doesn't sound awful to see it and (laughs) not be suspecting it it, it's it's like taking a tube of toothpaste and then just squishing it end to end and watching all the toothpaste come out but it happens so fast yeah and we were not expecting it it did not look appropriate and we all have lost our minds with yeah, laughter I, at that point. I think it was particularly because it was like the shot of that and then the shot of Brian getting slimed where, you know, <laughs> your yes. mind fills in the gaps and you're like, yes. wait a minute. Oh, oh, ah! <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> it was wild. Uh, oh, finding out that a Hanson Christmas special actually existed from our oh, holiday episode special. That blew my mind. Like, I only I only knew Hanson from the Mbop song because you know everyone did back then in elementary school. But uh, to think that they were popular enough to get their own holiday special oh, they were huge. on TV and then also still continue making music today, that just like <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, when when Brooks said I'm like there's gonna be a lot of eye rolls, and I was probably the only eye roll in the whole thing because <laughs> the, the Hansen's not my thing, and that's perfectly yeah, fine. Uh, there's a ton of people who love Hansen. Uh, I had played when I was editing the video together, and I got to that section. I had to take it to my wife and show her, and she was, oh, I remember this, and she got all excited about it because she loves Hansen too. She still does, mm. and um, uh, well, not my thing. But there's a ton of people that love them and more power to you. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that she was able. I'm glad Brooke was able to bring that to light because like you, I had no idea this existed and I never would have sought it out. Mm-hmm. And much like you and I are all about bringing light to things that are often forgotten or overlooked. Yep. I'm glad we were able to bring that in the episode. Yeah, I mean, originally we were supposed to do just 90s Nickelodeon specials for that, but then we changed it around when we realized we were going to get more guests to truly make it like 
one of those holiday specials on TV where everyone and their grandmothers in front of the SNL cast stage saying like, goodbye everybody. Um, so it was, it was really special to see like everyone bring their favorites to the table. And Max, I'm sorry, I stole Rocco's Modern Christmas from you. I know um, White Ranger <laughs> Christmas is not the ideal Christmas special, but hey, you know, it was, it was fun. <laughs> and I had no idea that episode even existed. Yep. Like I, I, Season I'm, three, a big, I'm a big fan of it. And, but I, I, after that point, I was not really watching as, as religiously as I used to. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when they switched half of the main cast is, is when I reached a point where I started to lose interest and I didn't watch every single week like I used to. Well, it's, it's a good thing I'm focusing more on 90s Nickelodeon because if I didn't, I'd probably be in the Power Ranger fandom since I've seen every season, just about every season, although I didn't enjoy a lot of the later ones. So I would say like the ones that are my favorites would be like up until 2006 with Power Rangers SPD, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, and of course, who could forget everyone's favorite moment Hearing about the story behind why Fillmore loves Scorsia from Nick Arcadia. <laughs> 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 I'll never look at her the same way again. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> what got me was what you said. Yep, that's what I picture all pregnant women doing. <laughs> yeah, my, oh, my girlfriend gave me a really hard eye roll after that. <laughs> like, is that what I'm going to look like down the road, huh? <laughs> I, I, I hate to be generic. I, I have very specific ones, but I have absolutely loved having all of the guests that we've had. Hmm. Doing what I've done over on my exclusives on True 90s Nick and then doing what I've done here with Splat Attack, I love being able to connect with the celebrities because we don't we don't get that opportunity often. No. Uh, and that has been a tremendous blessing. And that's, that's something I have been able to do over on my personal channel that I've been able to bring here to Splat Attack. And I, as much as I love doing stuff on Instagram and connecting with people, I don't get really the opportunity to connect with a lot of people that mm -hmm. aren't celebrities. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not because I don't want to, it's just because I don't have the time with all, all the crazy, hectic, personal responsibilities that I have that I don't have the time to devote to sitting down and talking with everybody and listening to other podcasters, but you have been able to, you've already built that uh, through what you had done with Brett Wilson art. And then all the times that you've been in other people's podcasts and the connections that you've built there. And then you've been able to bring that to the table for splat attack mm -hmm. that it's now given me an opportunity to meet new podcasters that I definitely would not have been able to meet otherwise and as much as i love having the celebrity guests i have loved having the podcast guests just as much every single one of the guests that i've had was something that i very much look forward to doing uh to the point where whenever i would go back and listen to some of our episodes and it was just you and i i was like oh, where's somebody else I know it, it feels a little empty without a guest uh, by our side. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing because I'm sure no. some, some people want to see our personalities shine so that we're not like using our guests as a crutch or anything like that. But I think, you know, being able to get all the wonderful people that we did, it's really helped us uh, flex our networking muscles in like the best way possible, where we're just meeting great people with like minds who also love the 90s in their own way. And we can share that in 
through this vehicle and in like a space where it's not as difficult to connect with them. Like if I saw, you know, just off the top of my head, Phil Moore on the street, he might turn the other way or like DJ Mikhail would be like, I'm sorry, who are you again? Even though I kind of look like him, but um, it's, it's nice to have these, these platforms, these, these methods in this day and age to connect with people where it takes a lot of the, the guesswork, the legwork, and even some of the intimidation factor too, so that you can just feel right at home with them and really get into some good juicy stories that makes our, you know, our content great. And this, what I'm about to say leads into the next favorite moment, Mm -hmm. but uh, you and I both have very similar strengths but we do deviate uh, in a couple of areas. Mm -hmm. And one of those is in creating this podcast, I've done a lot of legwork and you've done a lot of legwork, but in two very different areas. And one of them, particularly with you, is you have created the various uh, segments, Mm -hmm. like the Think Fast to Make the Grade, the Say What, I mean, all of those things the the little extra things after we talk about the episodes Mm -hmm. that has been all you creating those things and i've loved being able to do those i i like to do the interviews i like to talk with the people i like to connect with the people but after a while you you run out and you still want to keep going and those little Mm -hmm. extra things has been something really fun Mm -hmm. to the degree that one of my favorites wasn't even a recurring one it was a one shot that we only did on one episode and I had so much fun with the school president mm, uh, the debate. debate between Christopher Loban and Robin Ross from 15 to Welcome Freshman to have them represent their schools and who I would it. be the best class president. Uh, because that was really fun watching their reactions of trying to defend their shows. And Robin especially was struggling trying to think of positive things to say about her Work own for president. Show. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it was so fun. And the fact that uh, I came out and, and said, no, th- there's some really good things here. And I, I gave some some points and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, those are all good points. Alex is my VP from now on. <laughs> it, and it was so fun. That that whole experience was Definitely. one of my favorite add-ons mm. uh, to this season uh, and, and not to take away from the others because they they've all been great fun but i think that one was my most favorite because i liked watching them try to struggle defending their own shows and then bickering with each other too playfully playfully it was all playfully considering the fact that they've both had a lot of time in between their acting careers now or whatever they're up to and the episodes i can imagine why it's hard to think on the fly to think of good reasons why their show is worthy when, you know, typically they're in the mindset of, Oh yeah, that was a gig that I did a while back. What, what did I do again? You yeah. know, it, it was a good exercise for all of us. And maybe we'll have to bring back debates or like a versus in some way, shape or form. And, yeah. you know, just workshop that a little bit more. Um, I, I do enjoy, I'd say out of all the segments we've done so far, think fast to make the grade. Cause a, it was the first one that I've developed and B um, I just love trivia and I think that can, you know, help lighten the mood if there's ever any tension or like we're running out of things to talk about to fill an episode. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's just been a lot of fun to come up with different ways to really give our own flavor to splat attack rather than just being another t- podcast where it's like, 
two guys in their thirties talking about the nineties. Like we haven't seen that before, but this is why you come to Splat Attack because we have all these cool segments. we got all these cool guests. We say totally outrageous things you never would have expected in like all the best ways. And we got some killer content and art to go with it too. Yep. And, and going along with uh, that episode, the, the back to school with mm-hmm. Hawthorne Hillside, one of my other favorite moments wasn't even put in the episode. Yeah. It, was, it, it was the blooper that you had referred to earlier. Remind us how that goes again. <laughs> so for, for you listeners who did not hear this, uh, there was a portion in the episode where Brett was talking about his age and, and turning 30 and how. I felt how like much, it was how, over because of how burnt out I was. How much of a downer it was. And Christopher Loban being uh, the, the the person, the very supportive person he is said, oh man, that, that hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. And then Robin being also the very supportive person that she is had commented my favorite moments was after I turned 30, which is, is a beautiful way to look at life. And in being 36, I mm-hmm. agree. Gives me some optimism for the future. But <laughs> Brett trying to express gratitude <laughs> had commented, it's very nice to get that kind of feedback from somebody who's on the other side of that line. And then there was this long pause. And then he and then Brett said, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And I lost it. I started to crack up. Chris started to crack up. Robin also was laughing. Yeah, I, I and, meant no disrespect. I was just like, well, I know you're older <laughs> and I know it's taboo to talk about women's ages. So how do I how do I put this while still seeming nice? And yeah. it just Ro- like no Robin was not offended and mm-hmm. at least at least it didn't seem like she was offended yeah. but there there was a long pause there and you could tell that Brett felt bad the moment he said it and then that awkward pause the pregnant pause after it was hilarious and that <laughs> I I didn't put it in the episode because I was afraid uh I didn't want to to detract too much from what we were talking about at the right. time and um and also I I didn't at the time, want uh, to put Robin on the spot. Now here I am at episode fourteen, uh, bringing it up anyway. But it it was so funny. It was so funny. That might might have been the funniest thing that whole episode to me. <laughs> Could be, yeah. That was that was definitely a gem of an episode. It's not like any of the others. No, no, no. And they were our first uh, celebrity guests. So that was that was very special to have them. It was, so. it was much an honor to have both of you guys. Hopefully, if you're listening, you know, we love you very much and we'd love to have you back in the future for, you know, another special episode. So yes, thank you again for being here. And uh, another favorite moment, which is a fairly short one. Uh, there's not much to elaborate on, but it was watching and listening to the video challenge while you played Sonic 2 and Fillmore was commentating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about anal probes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the first time that you ran it, it it froze for both Phil and myself. So yeah, we just, just 
despite having it queued up, I thought it wasn't going to go off with a hitch. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was kind of unfortunate that the volume was a little bit loud on the game. So it's hard yeah. to hear Phil, but still we got it to work and we did the best we could with the technology we had available us to essentially recreate what it was like to play the video challenge in 2021, yeah. which was a dream come true. Yeah, it, it was really, really cool. And, and I was really happy that uh, Phil was, was willing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, another, I've only got three, and one of them was just all, all of Brianne sharing all the, that she did about Nick takes over your school, because I didn't get to experience that. Yeah, uh, like like, like thousands and thousands of kids across the U.S. Uh, so it was really, really great that she took the time to come out and tell us what that was like yeah because uh, that, that, that's that's a hole that none of us have even outside of the commercials what did you do so that was cool to hear uh and the are you afraid of the dark episode spectra gel <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought that that would come out of an interview with the cast and crew like just anique chartier talking about like finding different acne cream solutions to get their faces looking good for the midnight society campfire segments what i enjoyed most about that episode wasn't learning about are you afraid of the dark mm -hmm. it was watching them interact yeah it was magical. that was that was my favorite thing. I mean, I love learning about Are You Afraid. I love I love learning about the show and the network, mm -hmm. and I love learning everything I can about this about Nickelodeon in general. But it's rare to get this many people from a show, especially one that was as profound as Are You Afraid of the Dark was for us yeah. Nick kids, and then to find out that some of these people had had never even had the opportunity to have a conversation with each other and hearing the camaraderie and the stories. And then one person say an inside joke and watch another person on another window react. And it was hysterical. And then they go back and explain, this is what happens. And then yeah. they were in anything that Ron Oliver said, <laughs> and then watching everyone either smile or do one of those head ducks and took, Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah it, like, it, <laughs> so many great moments. And that's where you see the beauty and the magic um, with like the relationships that they built through these shows, you know, working on them throughout the years. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those very humanizing moments in social media. Well, in culture today because everyone's all about you know the numbers the views the likes you know got to do whatever outrageous thing possible to get everyone's attention but really you know away from all the noise and the clutter of the digital landscape we just had this this nice quaint little moment where we we somehow managed to rope everyone together um based on dj's challenge and just have them have fun like we're just hosting a party for them and they get to be themselves, talk about whatever they want and just say hi, have some laughs and, you know, share some memories together while making this new one. And, it, and I was, think, it was wonderful. I think that episode had the least amount of time that you and I got to talk. Yeah. And that is perfectly fine with me yeah. because it was so much fun listening to them and hearing what they had to say. So definitely, uh, it was that was a joy to watch. It was worth it. Um, uh, this is like a little behind the scenes fun fact for Slimesters and Gakoids, but originally we we were going to have a segment called Midnight Madness that we were going to ask all the guests where, you know, we were going to name like uh, either like a tale and they'd have to guess 
oh, we were going to name the season in the episode, they had to guess the tale or like, we're going to name a villain. Oh, what's that to kind of spark some memories for them. But we just unfortunately ran out of time. And sometimes, uh, you know, we just do our best to accommodate them to make the episodes as organic and, you know, just be able to connect with them as much as possible. So I, I, I from my perspective, since I'm in charge of doing all the notes for the episodes, it, it's nice to have all these things like lined up in a row to kind of boom, 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 hit your bullet points. But when you witness a conversation taking a specific turn, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's just best to, you know, throw the papers out the window and let it unfold. Like with Nick yeah. Arcade too, we had a ton of notes and questions and we even recorded a full episode of that without Phil thinking that he wouldn't be able to show up due to technical issues. But when he did, you know, we didn't, we didn't do think fast to make the grade like we planned to. We didn't do any of our other trivia bits. We didn't really go too, too much into the pilot, but we just let Phil talk. And what transpired out of that was a lot more enriching, I would say. Yes enriching yes. and more heartfelt than what we could ever do by just planning the best we yes. can. Um, yes. So we'll, we'll have many moments like that to come where, you know, things may not go according to plan, but we still get something that's worth showing up for. The only thing about the, are you afraid of the dark episode that I was a little disappointed with and it's, it's little mm-hmm. was um, those of you who have listened and watched you don't see the planning that goes involved and and the editing that takes place after and um and that was our first youtube video where it was Mm -hmm. was was live and i hope to recut that at some point to make it a lot easier to follow yeah but uh but anyway uh the only thing that i wish we had more time for because we waited half hour to 45 minutes before we even started the episode for everyone to come in because of so many different schedules. Yeah. And um, it, what was supposed to be two hours ended up being three. Uh, and some of the people who were involved, like Matt Smiley and Amos Crowley, we didn't really get to ask them very many questions. Yeah. I felt bad about Matt in and particular because wish... he said like one thing and then he was out of there and yeah. I was going to go more into his role in acting career, but sometimes you could only keep track of so many people when, you know, they're all on screen wanting to say what they need to say. And, uh, and, and I did reach out to Matt after and thanked him for taking the time. I apologize that we were able to get to him as much as we did uh, with the conversation going the direction that it was, Mm -hmm. but I was still very, very happy that he took the time to be there as well as he was. And uh, hopefully fingers crossed, we can get them again. So that way we can focus more on them in the future. That would uh, be, that would be great because uh, I I do I am aware of some of their works outside of Are You Afraid of the Dark that's still like 90s related that we can have them on again for another topic. Like, for example, did you know Amos Crowley did a few roles in Goosebumps and also I Little did. Bear? So, I did. Little Bear, I did not know, but I did know that he was in Goosebumps. Yeah, he, he played Owl in Little Bear. So that's kind of a mind-blowing moment. But ah. one of the things I want to focus more on in the future is to like integrate some more aspects of Nickelodeon, not just what like everyone knows in the mainstream. So we can do yeah. some more Nick Jr. episodes as well. Um, ju- just a quick note before we move away from the Are You Afraid of the Dark reunion. You know, it was a lot of coordination trying to get, what, 14, 15, 16 people into that 
space just for that moment. And yeah. we did reach out to some other people who unfortunately could not make it due to either the rescheduling issues or like things coming up at the last moment. Um, you know, we're, we're sorry that we could not have them there for the experience because it would have been, you know, just adding to the to the the magic of having everyone there, some Midnight Society members, some story actors, some behind the scenes people, but you know, nothing's perfect in life and we just do the best with what we can. However, however, uh, I did have a deep discussion with one particular person who could not make it that night, who was really, really distraught that he was unable to make it due to sudden circumstances um, with, with family matters. And as we were talking, I was like, well, you know, this doesn't have to be the last time. If you want to talk to certain people, I don't mind building an episode for you. I will, I will yes. put in the effort and I will yes. reach out to them again to see if they're interested. And lo and behold, you know, a few months later, I managed to contact those people who are involved and it's going to be one of our season two episodes coming up. So for any of you, Are You Fit the Dark fans who want to see, you know, I guess the director's cut or the unofficial sequel to the 30th anniversary reunion, we're gonna have something very special for you in store. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's a big one. It's not as big as the 30th anniversary, at least in terms of scope, but no less important. So it's Agreed. definitely one you're gonna to want to stick with. Yeah. And the last moment that I had listed as one of my favorite moments, uh, which which is twofold, was uh, when. Toby had shared with Max that they found uh, the Black Power Ranger oh, action yeah. figure. I was not expecting it, and it cracked me up. And just in general, any time the tape store was doing anything, Toby and Brooke, their interactions together as a as a couple had me in stitches. Yeah, they're great uh, <laughs> because they, they very much remind me of, and it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing to say, but it reminds me of me. And my boss, whenever we are having to do video calls or, or anything that we do together, my boss is is very much like a surrogate mother to me. Hmm. Uh, it's it's I'm very fortunate to work where I do, and and I love who I work with. Uh, there's only three of us in the office, and she hmm. is like a she is like a mom. She was there when my children were born, but uh, we get along so well. But we also love to bust each other's chops mm -hmm. and, and uh, the banter that I saw the tape store doing is very much like the banter that she and I would do. And, and anytime that she'd mess something up or she didn't know what to say, what to say or whatever, I would just look at her and I couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> and if I did something that was ridiculous, she'd make fun of me and then I'd laugh and it's it. it everything the tape store did just their sheer existence <laughs> put a, a smile on my face at any moment that they even spoke up so yeah that they were a highlight of the entire episode for me particularly the 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 black power ranger because i was not expecting it at all me but neither it was, cool. it was so cool it's funny because the you remember when I talked about how I flushed the White Ranger's vest down the toilet by accident? Yes, yes. That, the, the White Ranger figure is essentially the same mold of that black one, just like all white and his helmet. So yes. it, it was pretty much like the, the inverse of that, like his spirit coming back somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tape Store, they're a great bunch of people. I, I got to know them actually through uh, Cortland's uh, Up All Night, Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of the Room for Rent, when they guest starred there with them. 
And I started listening to their podcast after that because I was like, hmm, they like Are You Afraid of the Dark too. I need to get to know Are You Afraid of the Dark people more. And when I listen to their episodes, they're always well-spoken, well-researched. They like to have fun. And at the end of every episode, they like to say, well, this is a tape store, Toby at Brooke. We just want to let you know that we appreciate your time because you can be spending it any other way, but you choose to spend it here with us. And I, I really felt that like deep connection between listener and podcaster where it's like oh we're having like a human conversation this is a relationship we're having it's yeah. not just me like scrolling through endless podcasts and trying to distract my brain during work or something it's it's like that deeper meaningful connection that's kind of hard to find uh among amongst all the the digital offerings out there yeah. and you know we'll definitely have to have them on uh in future episodes whenever possible and i've also yes. done some guest appearances with them as well so it's it's just nice to build that rapport and camaraderie through doing all this stuff and finding more about them and vice versa as we, you know, do these special topics. And that is all that I have for my favorite standout moments. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a lot to go through and a lot of great memories as well. And many more to come for season two. Um, let's just go through a couple of things and wrap it up. Uh, favorite guest, if you can pick like maybe one or two tops from, from all the episodes so far do you have a do you have one that stands up yes uh in in choosing one or two has been incredibly difficult because i'd love to have I all agree. of them I agree. but my very first gut reaction was robin ross and christopher loban mm. and, and a big reason for that and it, it's a very personal reason but when i first started doing exclusives i reached out to three people who I thought would be willing to do it. Robin was one of the first of three people. Uh, all, th all three of the people I asked of, at first all said yes, and they all had a tie into the name Robin in some way. <laughs> and that was not planned. But uh, Robin Ross, I sent her a message and she was very appreciative of, uh, of me taking the time and, and the things that I had said. And very much did something out of the ordinary that most celebrities don't do. And no, I am not going to be giving this out to anybody. She gave me her phone number and said, call me tonight at, at 10 o'clock your time. And I called her and we talked on the phone for two hours. Wow. And it was it was like we were friends. I mean, we, we talked about what I'm doing with an exclusive, what I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. And then we just went off from there and we're talking about all kinds of different things, some Nickelodeon, some not. And it was like, I had known her my whole life. And, yeah. and, and she said the exact same thing. And she said, I don't give out my phone number like this. I don't know what motivated me to do so, but you just felt like somebody that I could trust. And after the conversation that I had with her, uh, we were going to wait about a week to see what her schedule was going to be like to see if we, if the exclusive time frame was going to work. And I was working a puzzle with my wife and she called me mm -hmm. just such a weird thing to say. <laughs> and uh, my wife was so frustrated with the fact that here I am sitting at a table working a puzzle with her and talking with a celebrity like i'm talking to my friend 
<laughs> and she can't get over that. She got her phone out and took a picture of me and put it on Facebook. Oh, you know, just talking to celebrities as one does. And, and uh, we were on the phone for another hour. And then she was the one who actually said, would you like me to get Christopher Loban or get somebody else to join us for the interview? I said, if you want to, sh- please. And she has told me, if you need anything else, uh, if you need somebody to help you with fundraisers for uh, any kind of uh, charity program or anything, I'm, I'm all about that. You need something, you let me know. You want to do another interview, let me know. She has been the sweetest person. And Chris is no slouch in that category either. Uh, because when I asked him and her if they would like to be is I didn't really get to connect with Chris Mm. prior to the interview on the exclusive, but I did get to connect with him afterward because I was telling him how much I, as I do with everyone, take Mm -hmm. the time afterwards to say, thank you so much for being a part of this. It really means a lot to me. And Chris just wouldn't, he, he, he couldn't let it go. He was, I'm so glad that you still love welcome freshman, that you liked the show, that you allowed me to be on the show. And it was fun having to, get to relive these memories and he and I have had some conversations not like I did with uh, Robin but uh, of all the celebrities that I've had the great opportunity to connect with and and interview those two have stayed in contact with me in some form and I have about two or three others who also have done so Mm -hmm. but uh, they really boosted my confidence that I can continue to do this because afterwards Robin was said, you were a great host, which was a wonderful thing to hear from, from somebody who's been in that business. Yeah. But uh, when we were going to do splat attack and we wanted to have some live guests and uh, as opposed to deceased guests <laughs> and, uh, and we were going to do a, a back to school special. I said, no, we've, we've got to have Robin and Chris, we, we've got to, and they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And they did finding a time to get the two of them together at one time. That yeah. was a trick. Was. Uh, but, uh, and, and the other ones that I, cause I also loved having Fillmore mm-hmm. and I loved having, are you afraid of the dark, but in particular Ron, cause he made me laugh the most, <laughs> but, but my first reaction is very, very much Chris and Robin uh, mostly for them doing us such a, a solid favor and getting things started. And I could not oh, yeah. be more appreciative to them. Yeah, that is, I have to say this, but it's like, I, I wish I just wasn't so tunnel vision with like doing all the art and all the graphics and building the <laughs> podcast and stuff, because I really do. A lot of people do say that I connect with people on a deeper level. I just don't give myself the time of day to do it. And that's, that's one thing that always makes me feel sad because whenever we have guests on a show, whether it's like fans or even celebrities that we get to know, it's like blinking, you miss it. And I, it's already like next week. And I, I, I want to like go out and get a beer with some of these guys. I want to talk yeah. about stories growing up, you name it and what they're up to. Like, you know, I, I feel like I'd be a shoe with Phil Moore and DJ McHale and, you know, even Chris Loban. Like I wanted to get him know, to know him better. Genuinely. I just, didn't know how to fit it into my schedule because I'm always like focused on one thing at a time. And then before I know it, it's, it's behind me in the past. So I think that's going to be like a, a resolution or a goal that I'm going to do for upcoming season two is like make more of an effort to keep in touch with all of our guests to make sure that they're still 
you know, up to fun things and just getting to know them better so that it's more like we're building community and not just like, oh, next episode, you're out of here. Because yeah. that's definitely not what we're about. I, community is first in our books and we want to do yes. what we can to continue yes. to build it around the podcast rather than using it you know, yes. to just elevate ourselves because, you know, people come first and they should. Yes. Your favorite guests. Well, <laughs> I kind of touched upon it before and I always say it a lot because I'm really into these two shows, but <laughs> are you afraid of dark and Phil more? Like, I just love seeing everyone there for those who may know or may not know through my different guest appearances on other podcasts. I've been working on this book called scary tales, the ultimate unofficial guide to are you afraid of the dark for the past four years since like October, 2017. And I've got to know in a lot of the cast members since then by doing interviews for the book, but also like getting to meet them in person. Like one, one, of, the, one of the greatest moments in my life, I haven't really shared this with too many people, but when I was living out in Long Beach, California, near LA, I actually had the opportunity to meet DJ in person. And I've got to know him through like back and forth emails up until that point. And just to be there with him and him be like, wow, this book is incredible. I love everything you're doing with it. It really, really felt validating to know that even if it seemed like a crazy idea in my head at the time, you know, I just kept believing that I can do something with it. I can do something with this, even if everyone tells me it's a stupid idea. And, you know, from there, we just only further like deepened our, our friendship together. We, we talk all the time, how like each other's families are doing and like, you know, possible, are you afraid of the dark ideas I ever have coming up or like things I'm working out with. So, you know, just to have people that you look up to in general, whether it's Phil, DJ, any of our other guests and to have them on their show is like further validation that what we're doing is, is good. Yep. Yeah. I, I can't give them enough praise. Just cause we didn't list you here does not make you any less important. We, oh, we not are at all very very grateful to everybody who's been on this season so yeah with all of our hearts thank you very very much thank you very much guests uh let's move on to the most challenging aspect of season one because boy oh boy there are some rough spots (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, i think from like getting the youtube running and like redoing episode art several times and like constantly traveling. I know Alex, you moved to a new house. So that was, Mm -hmm. that was a challenge that we had to work around and losing some episode recordings and recording twice. There's just, Ooh, it's, it's amazing. We're, we're still here that we didn't quit yet. So, you know, pat on the back for getting this far. (laughs) Um, But what were some of the most challenging things to you in terms of, you know, working on this podcast so far? Brett and I, very much share the same vision and same ideals and uh, love the, many of the same different things. We love many of the same different things. <laughs> That's we, love, we love the same things, um, but our personalities are very, very different. And uh, which was um, touched upon again by uh, Chris and Robin, but uh I don't want to say anything bad. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm nagging because I'm, I'm really, really not, but I know that Brett can and often does get overworked and has a lot on his mind and is very meticulous, uh, especially yeah. with, uh, and it's, it's just it's in everything. Flaw, it. It's, it's not necessarily a flaw, but, uh, 
he does a, a lot of the prep work for the show notes and that's beautiful because if i took show notes it would just say we're doing an episode and that would be it um i i have my everything is in here i've i've done community theater and i have figured out ways to commit things to memory and i have never taken notes in school it always just went into the noodle and that's it stayed there and i'm terrible with notes i'm very much of a, a different cloth where something comes my way I roll with it and I can keep going. And that's one of the ways that I think Brett and I are, are very different. So what he sees as, as a challenge, I don't see as a challenge. I see it as a, Oh, okay, we'll just go with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think Brett can, uh, I, at least I hope Brett feels that that's, that's the way it's been working with me. Uh, yeah, the, I, the, I, last, the last <laughs> thing I want to do is make uh, anything worse, but of course, the only time that I really reached a point where I went, oh, crap, and and I had a massive, massive challenge was, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, the same flipping episode, the uh, the back to school uh, episode with Chris and Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the time, I was in the middle of packing to, to get ready for the big move. And um, those who are unaware, I have done the editing. Uh, which I love to do the editing. Uh, it's not a complaint. It's just that's what I've done. And to be honest, I prefer if he does it because I already have a lot to handle. <laughs> yes, yeah, which is why I took took on the yeah. the editing because I knew Brett had a lot going on, especially when we first started with all the Are You Afraid the Dark stuff that he was doing at the time, oh boy, yeah. and, and the and the Brett Wilson art things that he was doing, and the guest appearances and so on. So I was happy to do the editing. And uh, when we, I got the episode finished. It was done editing. All I had to do was save the file and render the video or render the audio so we could put it out there. And it was one day left. So that way we could listen to it, see if there's any edits that we need to make, and then I could make some final adjustments because that's what we do. As I rendered the final cut, there was an error and it completely wiped out the episode, wiped the whole thing oh my gosh. out. Now, editing has taken me at least a f- several hours all together. Uh, usually I would wait until the family goes to sleep because being a husband and father of two boys, they, they want my time and I want to be there for my family. So right. I don't really get to edit until my boys are in bed mm-hmm. or, or the boys and the wife are in bed. So I have been up 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning sometimes uh, to, to reach a certain point save it, go to bed, do more the next day. Mm -hmm. And I had put a lot of hours into this episode already. And I was very happy with it. This is funny. I'm excited about it. Save it. And then the, the, the heart thumping down to your toes, like, ah, crap. And I have, and I have one day until we get, until the episode comes out. And this is our third episode i i don't want to get into the habit of oh something bad has happened oh well we can just delay it by a day or two i i don't want to do that i i want us i want splat attack to be very consistent and reliable Mm -hmm. we have a deadline we're gonna make that deadline uh nobody's holding us to it that's just the standard that we're setting Right. We, we like to feel like we're professional podcasters, even though we're just starting out because, you know, eventually yes. one day we might even get there. So that the very next day was I 
told my wife I'm bringing the computer upstairs and the boys are just going to have to run around me and I'm going to take the day and I'm going to re-edit this entire thing. She knew I was mad. She, uh, I went to bed fuming and she... She could feel was, the heat radiating off of you. Oh, she could. <laughs> she oh, could. I've been there uh, before, man. And and she... I love my wife. I love my wife so much. She was so incredibly supportive and she was, okay, do what you got to do and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of the boys as much as I can. And uh, I was able to get that video or get it done in one day and it took it took a lot of effort but i'm very happy that it got done i'm very happy with the final product but of every obstacle that came our way this season that was the only time that really made me frustrated and really had me concerned about getting something done in a timely fashion right Uh, everything else it was very much just oh okay well we'll we'll find a way to work around it Mm -hmm. at least as far as my mindset goes. Right. It, it did seem like a, a testing the waters uh, kind of situation where you had to prove yourself like, okay, am I really going to do this as a podcast or am I, am I going to let a setback hold me back? And, you know, that's it. We're going to crumble. And I felt like with, with um, you know, our back and forth feedback for each other, for, you know, the episodes when we add them, that really, that really helps motivating. And also each of us have significant others that are there to, to support us along with family members. So, yes. you know, having some sort of support system to kind of refill your tank when it gets drained by emotions or mishaps re- goes a long way to the, you know, keeping any worthwhile pursuit going um, in the face of adversity. So I'm really happy that we got through it and we made the best of a bad situation and, you know, through that, we just gain experience and wisdom through it all. And we'll just keep, learning through more experiences that may come our way good and or then, bad and until now listeners had no idea it was just a oh here's the next one keep going which is perfect that's that's what we want the show to be we want right. the show to be uh, consistent and something that you all can rely upon and come to for an escape and learn some cool things about the 90s nostalgia that you might have either ways forgotten or didn't know anything about it right we, we don't want this to be drama central right definitely and we're also not about like more popular topics that everyone else covers. I mean, when we say we're taking it back to the Slimefield past, what we're really meaning through our slogan is that we're we're going to go to corners of any type of history related to our childhood that most people may not remember, and we're sticking to that. That we're going to find you know some obscure things, maybe some more well known things, but you didn't know these things about those things, and we're going to present them to you so that you feel enriched, educated, and also entertained at the same time through our you know witty banter with our guests or just each other. Anytime we're going to address uh, some of the more popular things, we want to make sure to give you something that you're not going to find somewhere else. Right, because we hate regurgitating things. <laughs> yes. Uh, so other podcasters have, and other YouTubers have already covered many of things already mm-hmm. and probably better than we ever could. So we, we want to do something different. Right. And if we happen to cover a topic that may have already been covered several times, we'll find a new spin on it. Um, you know, I have a few episodes lined up for season two where you might have heard individual episodes about those topics in the past or, you know, done a certain way, but we're going to combine them in a new way that makes it feel fresh and interesting to kind of give you a different perspective on things. So was that's there, something to look forward to. Was there anything you found challenging in particular for this season? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you kind of touched upon it earlier, but just co- <laughs> coordinating schedules for recording episodes was a big thing, preparing all the notes. Uh, 
you know, listeners who may know me personally or just through this podcast or just through like my Instagram page, I kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from it. I tend to be a little bit uptight perfectionist type. And I, I do my best to like keep it at bay. So it doesn't just consume me with anxiety or make me seem like a, a tyrant. Um, but I do tie tend to like take copious amounts of notes and make sure everything's structured so I can ensure its success, make sure that, you know, nothing's left behind because that's just, I guess, how my brain works when I'm not being in creative mode. It goes into the super logical compartmentalized mode. And I know that with, with all the changes we've had in terms of like moving or being on last minute trips where we had to reschedule episode recordings, it's been, it's been kind of a challenge to just keep my head in the game throughout all of that and making sure that you know, what we're doing is still professional, that we're covering things that most people aren't covering. Um, you know, just having the strength and the, the, the mental sharpness to be able to redo episodes when they don't go as planned or if we lose footage. And it, it's really a testament to like building resilience. Like I know, I know a lot of people, it doesn't take a lot of effort for you to press play on your favorite podcast app of choice and listen to us in the backgrounds. I know people do that all the time. That's perfectly fine, yeah. but there's, there's a lot of work that goes on the other side of the coin. That seems really easy, you know, beneath the iceberg, there's, there's a lot that goes into like the scheduling, the notes, the planning, reaching out to people, editing and advertising and all that stuff that you don't see, but it's still, we still find ways to just make it work, even if we're just getting started. So hopefully Hopefully we can learn a lot through the experience together and I can ease up a bit and maybe Alex will step up his game and get a little more structured and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. I'm, I'm learning to be more loose and fun through the whole process. And we're just, we're just here to have a blast and have you guys around for the ride. It is a lot of work, yeah, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's good to have the best of both worlds here. Yes. Um, Okay. So we, we covered all like the main, points they want to hit for season one uh let me just get a few answers off of instagram because i pulled you guys right before we we did this episode um i do have a few people who are chiming in so i'm just going to list their questions and we'll we'll see what we can do to (laughs) we'll see what we can do to answer them so ali mander uh who's been on a guest on episode 12 of us uh new year's pete says i loved hearing from robin ross Got a lot of insight. Uh, one of my favorite Nick shows, 15. Well, thank you very much, Ali. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Lemonade stand. Oh, boy. Uh, he says, uh, why wasn't I invited? Well, when you find us some K10, we'll let you on. Yeah, he did mention that, too, in his follow-up question. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, all the time. Yeah. I, I don't know much about that drink because I was a Gatorade kid growing up. So that's Kool-Aid. Drink your nostalgic drink of choice. Kyle Wright Music says, will we see any more collabs with nostalgia folks? I personally would like to see Pop Arena on the show. That is a great question, Kyle Wright Music. Um, I've actually looked into contacting Greg from Pop, Ar- Pop Arena before because he does, he does knickknacks and Goosebumps monthly book reviews on his YouTube page. And I think he's like our caliber in terms of the amount of dedication and research and just overall fun witty banter that he provides for his YouTube videos. Not um, to mention the, uh, the material that he covers is it's very oh, yeah. niche. It's yeah, he, shedding light on things that most people wouldn't look for. He go, he goes back even further to do like the seventies and eighties of Nickelodeon, which practically nobody yes. knows. So yes. mad props to him for 
shedding some light on that, even though we don't go into it too much. Um, but if an opportunity ever arises, we'd love to have Pop Arena on for a show. Basically, any topic he wants to cover, we just have to make that connection and plan it out. So thank you, Colorado Music. I appreciate that. Yes, we definitely want, are going to have some some more guests, uh, celebrities and not celebrities. Well, yeah. maybe some more not, podcasters not, too. Not television celebrities, but uh, but we're, we'll definitely have more people and uh, hopefully yeah. other nostalgic content creators. Yeah, we'll find the, we'll find ways to keep it interesting for y'all. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, our guest uh, Jasmine from episode two, of "What Would You Do?" anniversary says, "Will you taste Stan's cola from What Would You Do if you had the chance?" <laughs> Uh, Stan's Cola, <laughs> where it tastes like and smells like and you can get it at Saddam Hussein's grocery. That was, I totally forgot about that. That was like one of my favorite moments of like the earliest episodes. And I insisted that that was put into that episode because how side splitting hilarious I found. And I was like, are you sure we're going to do this? I thought we we're going to keep it family friendly. That we're going to have some fun here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Stan's Cola. I might be hesitant to try it if it really does taste the way it sounds, but we can always do some sort of fun little short challenge like that if we, uh, if, if we get used to doing like shorts and highlights on like YouTube or Patreon in the future. So well, that, we'll, that, we'll see. Alex, will you do it? Well, that depends. How much you paying me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe for our patrons that uh, support our show, <laughs> we'll, we'll do outrageous things like that. <laughs> will you drink Stan Cola? Will you eat... Um, I don't know. Yeah. That nasty pie that they had. Will you guzzle down the crowning glory? (laughs) Time will tell. I hope not. I hope not, but we'll see. Yeah. Schneider. Um, so yeah, that's that's our uh, listeners chiming in. Didn't get too many questions, but we didn't expect there to be many because and and it was very last minute. It was very last minute. So thank you to everybody who responded. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, let's play a round of think best to make the great season one overview edition. Time to think fast to make the grade. That that theme song never gets old. I love it. But um, I think I'm going to have to hire someone else to sing the jingles because my voice sounds really weird when I sing them. But anyways, think fast to make the grade wrap-up edition. Let's jump right in, shall we? Hands on your buzzers. Although you're not competing against anyone else. So you're, you know the answer or you don't. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So... The, the interesting theme for this trivia game is that they're all based off of our, our recap. So there are going to be fun little trivia bits based on that. Uh, question one, how many guests in total did we have this season? Son of a... <laughs> okay. I'm looking for uh, an exact number. You can count yeah. them out if you want to. I got to think about this one because we've had a lot. Uh, we didn't have a lot until two episodes in particular. <laughs> all right i gotta get a calculator out all right uh because we had 14 i believe mm-hmm. for are you afraid of the dark and then we had uh we had several for the, the holiday special those, those who were on screen and those who sent us mm-hmm. pre-recorded things and i think that was also 14 and then we had jasmine and we had uh, Chris, Robin, Jordy, and we had Allie, but Allie was also in another episode, so I don't really want to. I only count her once. Got, 
Yeah. Phil, 33. What was there other episodes? Because uh, those are just the only ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Oh, uh, uh, we had Joey. Mm-hmm. And we had um, uh, Joe Drew. Mm-hmm. And we had Brianne. Mm-hmm. That brings me, what, to 36? I had 37, but I think it's because I counted Toby and Brooke separately. <laughs> okay. That's it. I'll, I'll give it to you. Woo. Jeez, that was a... Whew. I know. I, my I brain, should, I should my start brain hurts on that one. one. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all right. Yeah. It's like the Ken Jennings edition. Um, Scott, first season, we had 36 guests? 37 guests? Yeah. Yeah, that wild? That's awesome. See if we can break that number for season two. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just kidding. We don't have every that. episode a reunion episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, question two: How many episodes did we air featuring guests? This is different. Eleven. Nope. It is ten. ten. So we be- out of the thirteen episodes we've done so far, we've had a guest on every episode. Except which ones? And this is actually question three. <laughs> uh, we we are for our premiere episode, the thirtieth uh, Nick Tunes anniversary. Uh, the Nick Junior. What was our other one? Oh, uh, memorable temple runs. Yes, that was correct. Those are episodes one, four, and eight. Those are the only ones we did not have guests. And fun fact about that for you listeners: we were going to have some for those, but it just didn't quite work out. Um, Nicktoons one, we didn't we didn't bother because you know we were just getting started and it was it would be way too ambitious. Yeah. Um, for it was our it was our premiere. We were getting yeah. our feet wet. Yeah, for episode four, we we're actually trying to get uh, Sharon, Lois, and Bram or, um, for '90s uh, Nick Junior shows because we thought it was appropriate. But I think there was some weird like mismatching and communication there, and it just fell through. Even though we like reached out to them. Um, you know, which is unfortunate, but we can always do an episode for them in the future. If well, necessary. also, uh, from what I had seen, because uh, it, in the episode, we had talked about how uh, you got motivation to do this from a post that I had made. Yeah. And then shortly after I posted that and I, and I tagged Sharon Lewis and Bram, they responded and they started sharing the same stories and same mm-hmm. things, which I thought, Oh, that's super awesome. They're, they're, they're on social media. This is cool. But yeah. they are not on social media. It's, it's a representative for them. Right. And uh, I had reached out to that representative and told them what we were doing would uh, they be willing to do so and they had the representative remarked of, of oh hey that sounds a lot of fun uh, I'll, I'll pitch the idea to them and what I did not realize what at the time is they were in the middle of releasing a new book mm. and uh, and a new CD uh, which was like a, a greatest hits cd mm-hmm. and as soon as those dropped which was just a few days later they already had plans for tons of interviews with uh, various podcasters and youtubers and so <laughs> who would I have mean, thought because it was because uh, after that i started following them because mm-hmm. i had no idea that they were on social media until i posted that day it's like oh i don't follow these guys I wonder if they, they do have something i'm gonna tag them right i but, do too but they they've done all kinds they're still doing interviews and things like that so i can understand why they didn't take the time to be a part of little small us right no 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 insult on their part they've they got pick and choose it's understandable they they've got other people who are are able to 
market their new stuff uh, much better than we could. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can understand why they didn't uh, reach back out to do the interview with us for our Nick Jr. special. Yeah. But uh, sometime in the future, when things die down a bit, we might be able to get them again. Yeah, we got plenty of episodes to go with no end in sight. So if you want to come on on like episode 100, we can do that. <laughs> Maybe we'll be big enough by then. Who knows? Um, oh, also, I want to mention that for our 20 most memorable Hidden Temple episodes, I was originally going to get, I forgot her last name, but her first name's Tara. Um, she was actually the, the purple parrot who got the milk bucket of Freitas out of the temple with one second left. Um, oh yeah yeah because i found her i found her through youtube commenting on like her own temple run video which i thought oh that's so exciting she's responsive to people but Mm. i mean i hate to admit this but some when when some other people see that you're doing those kinds of things like reaching out to people on certain platforms they may not always take it the right way so i never actually got through tara to tara and the person who was hosting the video immediately took my comments down as I was putting them up again and again. So it's unfortunate that, you know, they perceived whatever they did when I was just really being innocent and trying to reach out to her, connecting with her. And it's just good to wear that not everyone who you don't see in the corners of the internet essentially sees that public action and interprets it the same way. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but not everything works out. But unfortunately worked out with Brienne. Yes. I felt like such a creep at first. Yeah. So sometimes hey, it doesn't you? and sometimes oh, wait. it does. Oh wait, no, no, no. I, I'm 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 not I'm I'm just I'm I'm a Nick fan. I'm a Nickelodeon fan. I'm a real person, I'm not a creep. Yeah. Yeah. And originally we were going to do a stick stickly episode then, but Alex was like, Brett, I got this cool idea. Look at this person <laughs> I found. This is Nick takes over your school. We gotta do it. And I'm like, okay, I, I gotta roll with the punches. This sounds exciting. And it's one of our best episodes so far. So sometimes you just got to go out on a limb and see what happens. I feel so bad for Brett sometimes because I'm not a very, I don't start conversations a lot via our our messages. Uh, Usually Brett has something and gives it to me. And the only time I have something for him was when I'm done with editing and all right, check this portion out. But anytime that he's just gets a text that says all in caps, Brett, dot, 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 dot. Like, oh crap, what did you find out now? Yeah, am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this last time, I think it was Brett, and then he he said all in caps, yes. <laughs> I, like, yes. I got yeah, some good news. <laughs> it's like we're in opposite ends of a mountain range and we're like calling to each other through our Ricola horns. <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. It's the fans podcast too is not just ours so even if we have some ideas plans we're open to change and we are relatively flexible as long as we can get it out there and people enjoy it um moving right along because we're still in a trivia segment here uh (laughs) question four which shows did we simultaneously rank as our number three and number two spot on our favorite 90s nick jr shows episode eureka's castle i would assume my number two do you want a hint Yes. It's a show that you hated as a child, but learned to understand as you got older. Blue's Clues. Correct. Both of those serendipitously lined up, and that was part of the charm that made episode four so popular. I put Muppet Show as my number one. I was like, I had Blue's Clues at the top. I don't think I put it at one. So yeah, Eureka's Castle and Blue's Clues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question five. (laughs) Sorry, DJ. I know we're we're, we're probably going (laughs) to talk about this 
you know, in a season two episode. Um, but I swear this is the last time it's ever going to come up. <laughs> what is DJ McHale's least favorite? Are you fear the dark episode? Pinball he, wizard. Yes. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Go look at the video. We, I mean, I'll, I'll spare him the grief. You know, it, it was one of the most ambitious episodes. They had to pull it off. It was a lot of effort. You know, they thought it looked like crap at the end, but everyone was willing to pull an all night to finish it and wrap up the season. So they did. Yeah. And he had mentioned that as well when I did an exclusive with him, that that was his least favorite episode, but it yeah. was, it was really fun to watch the others reactions too. That yeah. Was Cause a lot of fans like it for some reason, because of the, the manic energy to it. And, you know, I, I think I enjoy it. I enjoy I, it a lot. I think it's kind of fun, but of course, when you're behind the camera versus just watching on TV, it's a very yeah. different experience. And with that comes a lot of baggage, just like us doing this podcast versus our listeners just listening to it. Um, question six, what is our longest episode? Uh, the Hollywood, gosh, it'd be, it's either the Christmas holiday episode or it's the, are you afraid of the dark holiday? And this one, are you afraid of the dark? And <laughs> this came out of left field, believe it or not. Our longest episode is the Nick arcade 30th anniversary at an hour, 46 minutes. Phil loves to talk, so that makes he sense. Does. He does. <laughs> and, and I'm not complaining. I can listen to him go for longer. Yep. The ho- You were close, though, because the holiday episode was an hour 35 minutes, and then Are You Afraid of Dark 30th anniversary reunion was uh, an hour 26. Okay. And so the, what, I surpri- what I'm most surprised about those, those durations is that 20 most memorable uh, hidden temple runs wasn't the longest because that took forever to do notes. Like I had 25 freaking pages of notes about each and every, every temple run with like every team and every like layout. It like, I almost killed myself doing that. And yet just seems like an ordinary episode to everyone else. (laughs) Who would have thought? But anyways, uh, to converse that, what is our shortest episode? Uh, (laughs) This might be easier easier for you to figure out what would you do nope is, was it our premiere episode nope it is it was we nope nope you already get two guesses <laughs> do we have a guest yes it wasn't uh ronin it was holy crap are you serious it was at 54 minutes jeez for a half hour episode you can only talk about so much and we really stretched it as far as we could so you know we're just happy that we had joe on he was a blast to yes talk to, but yes you know, there, other than just going through segment by segment how the episode ran, can't talk about much else. And we didn't really do, um, we even did a Think Fast to Make the Great segment with him too. So that's even more surprising because we don't do more than one segment per episode. Although, let me just double check on Podbean to make sure Nick takes over your school isn't shorter. I don't think it is, but I gotta, I gotta know because it's bugging me. I got it, I got it right here. Splat attack. Let's see. Nick takes over your school was 54 minutes and 23 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Legends of Hen Temple is 54 minutes and seven seconds. So just, so, just beats it. Just so beats it. Close. Oh, that's funny. Um, uh, what episode were we originally going to do in place of Nick takes over school? And I already mentioned it before. Uh, it was the Stick Stickly. Yep. Uh, Nick Stick- in the afternoon episode. Yep. It was it was titled Stick Stickly and is Popsicle Stick Posse. And I just never got around to doing notes when it came time to record it. So it was kind of, it was kind of a happy accident that Nick takes over your school, uh, replaced it. Also, I do want to mention that um, 
we were going to do like nonstop Nicktoons weekend as an episode, but because of the way Thanksgiving fell into place, we just decided to do Nick's Thanksgiving Fest then up front mm-hmm. instead of at the tail end of um, November. Or sorry, um, the, the end of November instead of the front. But I'm, we'll probably do it eventually. Nicktoons weekend sometime, I'm sure. Yeah. There, there's no time limit on what we're going to cover. Yeah, anything. Yeah. If it's on, if it's 90s or it's Nick, it's fair game. Yep. Last question for Think Fast to Make the Grade. Why did we go with the Splat Attack name as our podcast title? I mean, we wanted to go something that was uh, the slime because that was very symbolic from, I mean, when we thought Nickelodeon in the 90s, we thought slime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely wanted something that was uh, that centered, but slime didn't really have a much fun of a, a, a name. So we went with uh, something that incorporated the two of them I mean, at least that's that's all i can recall yeah i mean you're essentially correct but what what i thought of it as is that when we think of 90s nickelodeon and the things that we loved about the golden era of nickelodeon that you and i have you know expertise in we always thought about the splat logo yes. and how it always yes. constantly changed formed and how Very like much. we we saw all those cool bumpers like joey album's work and many others by many other animators um, that incorporated that splat and helped it establish its brand identity. So really when we created splat, the splat attack splat as our logo um, with the name is really just kind of an homage to that specific like identity that Nickelodeon formed when it started to come into its own as a television network. Yes. Yes. Fully agreed. Fully yeah. agreed. So that's a fun fact for all you slimesters and gackoids. We're, we're staying true to form best we can as a spiritual successor to the golden era of Nickelodeon. All right, that concludes Think Fast to Make the Grade. Let me see, let me tally up how many questions you got just for fun. Okay. You got six out of nine. Not bad. There were some tricky questions. That's better than I've done in everyone this season. Yeah. (laughs) All right, are you ready for Say What? Say What? You bet I am. All right, roll the jingle. Say What? Say What? Say What? Say What? Alrighty. Catch you every time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Some of these are going to be fairly simple. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm sure you'll know all of these because you have that kind of a brain. So uh, who said it and which episode? And mm. there is one quote for each episode. All right. All right. So first one, it just kind of had a Goonies one-eyed Willie vibe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only voice that's coming to mind is Robin Ross from episode three. No. Hmm. But you, but it is a guest. Uh, Brienne from episode 10? Nope. Is it female? It is not female. Hmm. And it is not. Oh, oh, it's Jordy from episode six. Nope. Ah, damn it. It was Joe True. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that one, that one was really neat. It just kind of had like a Goonies one-eyed Willie vibe to it. You yes. Know, like, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. He, when he was talking about the, uh, the King's room. Ah, uh, yeah. You asked him treasure. what, that was you, his asked him what his, you asked him what his favorite room was, and he said it was the, the king's. Uh, what, what I can't think of the name of the thing. It, it's the the tomb to, of the to, tomb of the ancient kings. Was it? Because there's think, there's the tomb of the ancient kings that became the dark forest, and then there's the one that's below the heart room. 
Oh, the Tomb of the Headless Kings. That's Headless, his favorite room. Headless Kings. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's Very the cool. one he said. It just kind of had a Goonies one-eyed willy vibe. Right. Because of the skeletons that you have to put the skulls on their bodies. Yep. Yep. All Makes right. Sense. Question two. It didn't occur to me that it was a cookie cutter. It was like years later, I was like, oh, this is a cookie cutter. Geez, these are really challenging. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh... Didn't occur to me that it was a cookie cutter. It was like years later, I was like, oh, this is a cookie cutter. Is that Brooke from episode 11? Nope. Is it in the holiday episode? Nope. Mm. Not that holiday episode. Oh, oh mm. is it a Neek from the episode seven? Nope. <laughs> Why are these so much harder than I thought they'd be? <laughs> uh... I tried to get the harder ones going first. Oh, God. Now I, now I know how you feel when I do my trivia. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Divine retribution. <laughs> uh, cookie cutter. What could be? How could cookie cutters be relevant to any of our topics? Was it Jasmine from What Would You Do? Nope. Uh, I give up. It was Jordy on favorite Halloween commercials when he was talking about the McDonald's buckets and how. Oh my! Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember that because the the top on at least a few of the years, it was a cookie cutter that like came off the top. And as a kid, I didn't know that. And I like I did the same thing. I'd like shove my hand down yeah. this hole that's like not it's like a ghost shape or something like that, right, right. not a hand shape, and you're just forcing. What would your the hand kid do with a cookie cutter? Aren't they a little too young to like be baking? <laughs> yeah, I did it didn't occur to me as a kid that it was a cookie cutter. It was like years later, I'm like, oh, this is a cookie cutter. This is just I just thought it was a random thing that came off the top. You know, you're a kid, you right. don't think about those things. Right. How could I forget that? <laughs> I I like loved collecting those things, and I was in a I was deep into that story with him because I told him how i used to collect them and like got my hand stuck in it yep. oh my gosh yeah that that's a good one that's a good one all right uh third one pinwheel is like a poor man's sesame street <laughs> it is <laughs> uh is it you from episode one nope right uh, episode me yes oh interesting two of us. yeah <laughs> ha uh, their first foray into animation, which I, I believe you are aware of this too, was was Pinwheel. Yep. But they didn't do a whole lot. That that wasn't their main focus for it. Now, it, it kind of felt like a poor man's Sesame Street to me, if I'm being honest. It, it did. <laughs> it really, really did. Yeah. <laughs> ha. That's, that's funny <laughs> that I won't remember what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, and that's why I agreed with it. We we've said a lot. Uh, all right. Um, next one. If you ever avoid pie in the presence of the Mark Summers, you are absolutely getting punished with a whole lot more pie. That's a great quote. And it's got to be Jasmine from the What Would You Do episode, episode two. You are halfway correct. It is the What Would You Do episode. But it is not Jasmine. Is it you? It was me. Oh, no way. <laughs> no, if you ever avoid pie in the oh presence my. of you'll just the get more Mark of it <laughs> oh yeah without a doubt you yep. are absolutely getting punished with a whole lot more pie he is the pie punisher <laughs> yeah. cool uh yeah because so... you don't like pie so <laughs> that's why you'd ask that I, I, lo I love to eat pie right just not get uh, it in the face next one 
you know how bad I want that VHS, Brett. Uh, that's Brooke from episode 11, right? No. Nope. Oh, Cassandra. Cassandra, there she you go. She loves VHS tapes. She like collects um, VHS VCR players. Mm. Yeah, that I know. So I want that VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if my grandma has it and I can send it to you because she saves everything from my childhood. <laughs> No, you know how bad I want that VHS, Brett. <laughs> I know you're, you're a VHS aficionado. Like you're yeah. you're more hardcore than me when it comes to like buying new ones after they break. Mr. Wizard saved my life. That was Brienne from Nick Takes Over Your School, episode ten. Yes, it was. Also a great quote. He did some um, some of his performance up on stage, and um, he saved my life. Something he had something. <laughs> Load and it went right in my face and oh. i actually i think in the commercial you might be able to see it or maybe it's in one of the newspapers but he grabs me and pulls me backwards and he's like holding on to me like pull it my face away from this thing <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i did i did notice that in the commercial something went off and and he went from smile smile to serious and then there was a quick movement it's like oh what 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 okay so that that confirms what? that Watch Mr. Wizard like rip apart his shirt and reveal like Wizard Man <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> I I always used to say Mr. Wizard saved my life, and that was like my good. What did you do? Well, Mr. Wizard saved my life, so. right? I mean, I've got stories. Winning, get out of my shot. <laughs> that was Ron Oliver from episode seven. It was yeah. not. It was not Ron Oliver. Oh, it was Dave. It was David winning. Trick question. It was David winning because he was quoting, quoting Ron, Ron Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the banter that they have because they both worked on Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, and they would share some episodes together. So it's like a friendly rivalry they had. And every week we tried to top the week before, and it was like this really friendly competition of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this now. To the point where David winning and I to this day, because to David, this I, day, are to in this competition. Day, David, are you are you still in the business, David? I wasn't sure. Um, to this <laughs> day, <laughs> David and I still will do movies like in the same locations. I'll be like, um, "You're going to use that crane?" Okay, David. If, if that's how you see it, sure, whatever. You know. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll walk. I'll walk onto a set of a Hallmark movie, and I'll hear this faint voice in the distance say, "Winning! Get out of my shot!" And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ron. Yeah. Uh, good times all right next quote oh he was just alien anal probed <laughs> that's Elmore. when Phil i was Moore. playing Sonic the hedgehog one not two for the nick arcade 30th anniversary special missed a couple of the bees oh and he missed the jumper to go up oh, oh and ouch he and he got he got alien anal probed <laughs> And uh, the quote I almost put on there was, you haven't seen me in khakis, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I imagined what uh, Phil would be like as the host of Legends of Him Temple, which CW, if you want to do another season with him, why not? All right, next one. You've got to become more of a lead foot if you're going to survive out here. That's a trick question, because that is Vanessa Coffey telling joey album that as he's recalling that quote for our thanksgiving episode you are episode correct mm -hmm. uh, and i had just gotten my driver's license so vanessa met me at the airport she had a car and i had a rental car and the idea was i was going to follow her to my hotel but she decided i was 
there was no way I could, would survive on the highway. So she took me through the hills of Hollywood. So I'm like, like, you know, holding on for dear life, going around these turns and trying to keep, you know, it's not easy following another car also. And it's the, the first time I've ever driven alone in a car. So by some miracle, we get to the hotel. I'm basically like kissing the ground when I get out of the car. <laughs> and Vanessa looks at me and says, you've got to become more of a lead foot if you're going to survive here. <laughs> you are correct. See, now I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. It'll come through your living room like a wrecking ball. It will decimate everyone's minds and get into your ears like the catchiest earwig. Oh, my goodness. What a brilliant quote. Did I say it? Yes, you did. Oh. Do you remember which episode? <laughs> uh, earwigs and wrecking balls. Was it, was it like in relation to the, the beat songs we were talking about in episode one? No. Was it from episode 13 with like Spring Yard Zone and Every Little Step? Nope. There weren't any, many. I would say that about music. And we didn't really talk mm -hmm. music in many episodes. I give up. Oh, Skin of a Ring from episode four. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's catchy. And <laughs> it's, it's, I'm restraining myself as hard as possible, not trying to mimic it right now. Because when I watched this show at my grandmother's when I was like a very young kid, I like did all the mind gestures and everything to the song. It's one of those, as soon as you hear it, it oh. will not leave. It's like the Lamb Chop sing-along song that never ends. Once yes. it's there, yes. it is not coming out. It'll, it'll like come through the living room like a wrecking ball. It will decimate <laughs> everyone's minds and get into your ears like the, the catchiest earwig. You know, if I'm going to sing it, you're going to all have to sing along to at home when you're listening to this podcast episode once it releases. It's like, yeah. Uh, next one. Beautiful, sad, and strange. Little Pete. Uh, was that Ellie from episode 12? That was Ellie. Yeah. That's, that's like the perfect formula for a Pete and Pete episode. That's why I remember it. No, it's great. Beautiful, sad, and strange. Little Pete. That's all. All right. Only two left. Mm -hmm. It was like a whole bunch of them wrapped up in a bag that was full of screaming kittens ready to be drowned. Oh, boy. I'm ashamed of saying this, but this was me from episode eight, the Snyder Cut. That was my that was my favorite quote of the entire episode. Oh man, that was so funny. Yeah, because yeah, out of 40 episodes each season, that's not a lot. No. That's that's really difficult. And sometimes it just comes down to luck, uh, temple guard placement, dead ends and rooms. Uh, having a slow player or dim-witted player, it's just a whole bunch of variables. But for this one, oh boy, it was like a whole bunch of them wrapped up in a bag that was like full of screaming kittens ready to be drowned. It was that like <laughs> painful. Uh, number 20 on that list was just agonizing to get through. It was the dried apple half of William Tell. All right, last one. It's on the show, we are very, very much about the content that we're talking about or featuring the guest or in, or some amalgamation of, of the two of them. So it's rare that we get talked about on the show, especially from our guests. Mm. So this quote, it's a little lengthy, but it's a rare moment. 
Alex is totally like the Maverick cop from the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go by his desk, and there's this stuff all over the desk, and somebody tries to move a picture, and he's like, no, 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 it's my system. He knows where everything is. I'm looking at his picture, and there's chaos. It's all cool. He's wearing his ACDC shirt. And then we look at Brett, and it's very calm in a serene setting. He's got his sweater on and his glasses. Everything is neatly put. You guys are like the odd couple. Yeah, I know exactly who said that. That was Christopher Loben from episode three. You are correct. I, to see yeah. if, you know, I, think, I wish that the audience could see you guys visually as well. With <laughs> Alex wearing his ACDC rock shirt and his long hair and then Brett a really <laughs> nice, you know, shirt clean cut with his like, glasses. Yeah. It, like, like Alex <laughs> is totally like the Maverick cop from the 80s buddy movie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go by his desk, like, in the office, and there's, like, this crap all over the desk, and, like, somebody tries to move a picture, and he's like, no, 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 that's my system. You know what I mean? Because he, like, he knows where everything is. Like, I'm looking at the picture, there's chaos, there's, like, cool right? Right. And then we look behind Brett, like it's a very calm and serene setting. You and should he's see this. Sweater on, he's got his glasses. And like, oh, you know, I got a whole wow. of '90s wow. Nickelodeon stuff on my wall over there. So wow. yeah, I'm very but organized when it comes to this. Framed and neatly put. Yeah. yeah I was just about yeah. to say that it's all like very, you know, very neatly put. Like that's awesome. You guys are like the odd couple. Yeah, I, he was such a charismatic, vibrant person. We need to have him back on. Like yes. That's that's one of the things I was trying to touch upon before. If like I need to do better with staying in touch with guests, I know that we kind of fell off the edge of the earth after that recording, but definitely got to connect with him and Robin again. But you got, let me see here, eleven out of thirteen. Hmm, not bad. Well, that was fun. I'm glad we we made say what as a thing because I almost thought it wouldn't be like substantial enough. But anyways, Slimesters and Gakoids, we got to get going. This is uh, this has been our wrap-up uh, overview of season one. Hope you guys enjoyed us recalling some of our fondest memories and not so fond and everything in between. If you'd like to follow our podcast, give us a listen, show us some love. Um, you can follow us at Spy Attack Podcast on Instagram or the same name at our YouTube channel. Um, if you would like to write to us at all, you know, our inbox is looking a little cob cobweb and dusty so let's, let's hear some emails write to us at splat attack 2021 at gmail.com you can follow yeah. each of us individually brett mm -hmm. wilson art on instagram true 90s uh, nickelodeon as well for alex and make sure uh two things one head over to bonfire check out some sweet merch uh yes. we have now got some really cool t-shirts i'm really upset set about these t-shirts because i am team slimesters and brett is team gackoid yep the rivalry my, has begun and my son has chosen team gackoid i am very deeply offended but uh please uh consider continuing or consider going over there and showing some support it will help us to grow and and give us more means to be able to keep making this going forward and we are in the middle of making a patreon uh, it was mentioned on our last episode with a glowing advertisement from Phil Moore. So thank you to Phil. Yep. But we are in the process of working on one. So be keeping an eye out for that. This is the end of season one. There will be no episodes of Splat Attack for the next few weeks. We don't know how long yet, but we are making plans for new episodes and uh, we've got some awesome guests and awesome uh, content coming up later in season two. In between 
Uh, Brett and I had a meeting before this, and we are going to have some content that is going to take place in between to keep you entertained. Uh, it's all been pre-recorded stuff already, but it's been on uh, each of our individual channels. So keep an eye out. We'll show some more stuff and we'll do keep being uh, interactive with you. We'll still be here. There will just be no new episodes for the next few weeks as we prepare for season two and work on the Patreon. Kind of sidebar of myself. You know, we got a lot of great stuff in store for you. You know, when it comes to uh, number two of things, usually bigger is better and you learn the mistakes of the previous, you know, outing, whether it be video games, movies, or even a podcast. So look forward to a lot of the great content coming forward and definitely, you know, spread, spread the word of the podcast through your others, 90s Nickelodeon friends, 90s nostalgia friends. Um, feel free to leave us a review on Spotify, I think is going to do those soon and Apple Podcasts because that just helps us get noticed. Even if you absolutely hate the show and want to leave us a one star review, that's fine too. We just need to know that people are out there, they're listening and they have certain, <laughs> certain gripes with us. Like, you know, maybe we, we refuse to talk about 10K and how it ties the guts <laughs> or maybe, you know, we, we need less women on the show who knows all i'm gonna say is that whatever you have to say good or bad or even neutral on the podcast just leave us a review and a star rating so that we can get more visibility it helps everyone and uh, i did share on my my page that we did have a criticism we did have somebody reach out and uh, take the time to say that they uh, enjoyed our podcast and they did have a, a remark about the ladies who have been on the show and uh, I'm not going to repeat it, but I am going to say that I am very, very grateful for every single guest that's been on here, especially the ladies and in my, yes. and I very much am wanting to have more ladies on the show. Shots, all the fired. Ladies in. <laughs> Shots fired. But if you've been on my true nineties Nickelodeon page, you, you don't have to scroll long. You'll see it. Uh, there are, and I, I'm sure this person's probably going to hear it, but that's okay because that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. We like to support each other here and not put each other down, no matter yeah. who it is. So thank you to everybody who's been on here. And I do very much want to hear creative criticisms. When we first started, we had some other podcasters who were giving us some ideas to help the channel grow. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect at this. Uh, we just know what we like and we want to share it with all you guys. So if you listeners have some suggestions on things you want to hear or see on our YouTube channel, let us know. And what things can we we do together that yep. we can build this community it's not us it's you guys too we exactly want to this. so we're in this together keep, let's keep this going guys definitely i actually got a message uh, just before this recording from a fan saying we need more angry beavers <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna work on that because i actually have something tied to an angry beavers topic for patreon um so all i can say is you know we have a lot of topics to cover in the in what we're covering um, but we're going to, we're going to do our best to answer whatever we can within our means and not run us ragged. Yeah. And, and 13 episodes a season, we're not going to get to everything in, in a season, but we will get around to covering as much content as we possibly can. Definitely. All right. Without further ado, Alex, will you pull the slime tank lever for the final time in season one? Aye, aye, Captain. God, I love that sound every time. It's like flushing a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, splat you later. See you in season two of Splat Attack. See you soon. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits.
Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What will we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. Don't go away. Nickelodeon will be right back.